Welcome back, everybody, to the Northern Fathers podcast. I am Father Will. And I'm Father Matt. Yeah, and it's Monday, March 23rd, and we just had our first Sunday in the Diocese of Phoenix without parishioners for Mass. It was our first quarantined Sunday. It's very odd. It's very strange. Is that, is that what we're calling it, by the way? Quarantine, social distancing? I, I don't even know. Is um, that, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I think of it as the rectory party, but <laughs> since I've been here for a week and well, I mean, but, it wasn't a it wasn't a day full of partying, um, you know, silent retreating where everyone's re- retiring to their home, yeah. domestic churching. Yeah, I mean, we did have an intense game of Settlers of Catan yesterday, which was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm not mentioning it because I won, although I'm mentioning it. That I won, I, so yeah. That's I little, actually wouldn't say there. that it was intense. I think <laughs> you started it, you were explaining the rules to both of us. I've played it quite a bit, but I, I was, I understood, it was okay. But the two things that were odd to me were, usually when people roll the dice, and if, if you miss that your number was called, the game moves on, and we hope you don't notice. But you were very good at always giving cards, and I don't think anybody got missed the entire game, which doesn't always happen. And secondly, I have never seen someone put the robber in the desert. Like you, you put the robber in the desert instead of putting it on one of my things to take one of my cards. And that's how I butter you up. And you know, and, <laughs> and the fact that you went on to win, like it's a game of mental manipulation. I was getting you to like I was me. So confused, <laughs> but you won. And so in the end, your strategy worked because charity always does win. That's right. That's right. Charity is always victorious. Um, you know, because I'm filled with charity right now and not pride for having <laughs> won the game. Uh, no, so we we did that as a way of trying to to mix up the day, make it a little different, make it feel a little bit more like the Lord's Day. And we had community time. We we grilled some meats for dinner, which was really good. And uh, yeah, we watched the first part of Two Towers, Lord of the Rings, continuing to move forward with Tolkien. So that was fun. Although I have totally turned into my father in the last 15 minutes of that movie, I totally fell asleep. <laughs> my dad falls asleep watching TV every night and I am, I am becoming my father. So You are your father's son. I, I am indeed. Uh, how was Sunday different for you, Father Matt? Uh, how, was, how was yesterday different? Well, I felt odd because, I mean, Sunday's just a beautiful day where I get to see everybody. Yeah. Most Sundays I'm celebrating three masses and... Um, I get to see everybody and it's very joyful. And, and so then you, you just don't have that, the people that you care about. And, and, and maybe I'm on, va- sometimes I'm on vacation, so I wouldn't be doing that, which feels different anyway. It feels odd too, but uh, to know that people are around and want to come, but we just can't be together, but yet we're still connected. I do feel the connection and um, yeah, and the prayer and love. Yeah. It was weird. Not just greeting a bunch of people. Cause that's pretty much, you know, other than celebrating masses, you're just greeting people and talking to people the whole morning. And so that was weird, uh, not doing that yesterday. Um, but it was cool to see after we recorded the, the Facebook live mass, uh, just to see how many people, how many parishioners had tuned in. And, uh, we're just very grateful for the opportunity to join in on our private mass and to be able to at least watch the mass, even though they couldn't be at one. Uh, hey, before we kind of dive into our gospel reflection today, I want to give a shout out to the Lucky family for providing us with a puzzle. We were talking about that yesterday, and now we have a puzzle, which we're really excited to work on. So, 
It's very words, scriptural. Matthew 7, 7, ask and you shall receive. <laughs> you know? I, I did not anticipate that somebody would drop off a puzzle, but uh, I'm pretty excited. It's a, was it a thousand piece? It, it's a hefty one. <laughs> <laughs> I know puzzles and I know that's going to take a while. That's awesome. That's great. I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, our uh, dining room table on month, uh, last week, today, uh, uh, last week, uh, was pretty much had all our podcast stuff and we moved it off and moved it into, we moved our podcast lab into our guest bedroom. Uh, but now our dining room table is covered with Settlers of Catan and a puzzle. <laughs> oh man, we live interesting lives. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> on that note, let's transition into our, our gospel today. And Father Matt, do you want to just do a recap for us? And then we just kind of dive in on some things. Yeah, so Jesus was heading towards Galilee and, and the first line is interesting. You know, it says, For Jesus testified that a prophet has no honor in his native place. And as he is drawing close to there, he had just made water wine in Cana. And there's, there's a, an, a royal official who calls on Jesus. He wants him to come and heal his son who's near death. And Jesus calls him out and says, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And, and the official, royal official still you know, Come down, see my son before he dies. And, and Jesus says, You're, you may go, your son will live. And the man believed, and, and he starts heading home, and the people catch up to him, his slaves tell him, your son started, he's, he's better, he got better yesterday. And they said, at what time? At one. And it was just at that time that Jesus had said, your son will live. And this is now the second sign that Jesus did when he came to Galilee from Judea. Yeah. Cool. What are your thoughts? Well, I, it's always curious because, you know, John is the book of signs that instead of miracles, he calls them signs. And the first sign was the wedding at Cana, which happens in John 2. And now we're in John 4. And, and Jesus kind of calls them out saying, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. So he tells them, you're looking for a sign. And he doesn't say he's not going to give them a sign. He, but then he does it. <laughs> he goes, he goes ahead and he heals the guy anyways. And it's almost like Jesus complaining, oh, you people. No, I'm just kidding. But like the guy, so he asked, the guy asked Jesus, come heal my son. And Jesus is like, you people. And, and then the guy says, well, just come down and see him before he dies. So maybe, maybe the guy's kind of recognizing, okay, you don't have to heal him, but I want you to come down. Like you're, you're special. I want you to, I don't know, give him a blessing. Just be with him. Just be with him. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that there's something important that maybe, maybe what he's saying is Jesus, even if you don't do this miracle I'm asking for, I still want you. Yeah. Maybe he's not treating him like a genie. You know, the, one of my favorite scenes in Aladdin is when the genie pops out and he's like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's almost like sometimes we treat God like a genie and, uh, and, and this Royal official and almost like, he asked for a sign, and then Jesus makes a comment about the sign, but he's like, listen, it's not about the sign. It's about, I, I just want my son to have an encounter with you, you know? Uh, and that's why he's granted his desire, right? I don't know. It's a good thought. I, I also, you know, when you were talking about signs, I, I, what popped in my mind is that a sign points to something. You know, a sign, like, points to something that's greater, Um and so this is why I think maybe Jesus offers signs because there's something greater for us and that greater is in heaven. It's not necessarily in the right now. And so 
in a sense, a sign is almost like a foretaste of what's to come or it points to something that's deeper, you know? I think of like, a, like what's a sign in regular life? Like a, like a wedding ring. A wedding ring is a sign. Like you see the wedding ring on somebody, it points to that they're in this beautiful, loving relationship of marriage, you know? The ring isn't marriage, but it points to it and it's a reminder of it. And, and so maybe that's why Jesus does signs. I don't know. Just kind of it came to me in the moment when you were talking. But I was moved. Um, for me, the end of the gospel, it basically says that this man, uh, when he went back to his family, he converted his whole family. So it says that his whole family uh, became essentially disciples. His whole household came to believe. And that's interesting because we had just heard about in John's gospel, if you kind of follow it uh, in its progression, we just heard about the woman at the well. And the woman at the well, after her encounter with Jesus, she goes into the town, right? The place that she didn't even want to be. And she gets the whole town to come out and have an encounter of Jesus. Like she helps convert the entire town. And so there's this real, real beautiful theme kind of running in John of witnessing, evangelizing, like helping people come to know the Lord. And uh, I think, I think that's kind of a hidden detail in this gospel that kind of gives light to something important that we are always called to witness to the faith, you know? They're always called to draw, try to draw people to Jesus. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of uh, success in that. I know when I think about my own life, um, a buddy of mine who lives in Boston uh, now, who used to live in Phoenix, he invited me to come to church with him on Sunday. That's just kind of how I ended up getting into the Catholic faith. Just a simple invitation. And how beautiful that is. And now looking back and being like, wow, that an invitation kind of changed my life, you know, but he was evangelizing and he knew he was evangelizing, you know, he just wanted to, to share his faith with people. Yeah. I, it makes me think of, uh, you know, like that, that moment that we encounter the Lord. It's, it's interesting that it, it tells us the time that the fever left him yesterday about one in the afternoon. And, very specific. It's very specific. Um, and that's what helps him to, to see so clearly that Jesus is the one with power. But it was at that moment that his life changed and his son's life changed. He, be, he began, he was healed. And it makes me think earlier in the gospel in, of John, same gospel in chapter one, when Jesus calls the first disciples, Peter and Andrew, James and John, that it says very specifically, I think it's verse, chapter one, verse 39, it says that it was four o'clock in the afternoon why is that so important? But but John is communicating that it was at that moment that my life changed. That, that at that moment I encountered the Lord and it, it changed the trajectory of my life. And um, I was entered into a relationship with the God who loves me. Yeah. Yeah. God intervenes at specific moments in time, you know. And I think there's a call for us to kind of share that, like sharing our story, sharing how we fell in love with Jesus and to share the true story, you know, um, and not, um, not to do weird things that are contrary to how God works. Like I remember I was in uh, Georgia uh, helping out with um, a retreat for a life team. And I met this priest from Georgia and he told me this story. He said that um, he was on a college campus and there was a street preacher, right? And the street preacher, uh, if you've ever seen one in a college campus, they are aggressive, they're angry, uh, they're shouting 
crazy things. So but anyways, this street preacher, he stood up on a box and he just started screaming at college students like, you're all a bunch of sinners. You're all going to go to hell unless you change your ways, you know, and he's just like engaging people in arguments and he's yelling at them. Uh, and afterwards, he said he went up to this guy and he said, hey, man, uh, it seems like you really uh, love the Lord. Like, tell me about how you met him. And he said the street preacher went on to describe this beautiful moment when he was himself a teenager. Uh, he was homeless, addicted to drugs on the streets. And this family found him, took him in, got him sober, cleaned him up, gave him food and shelter and love. And when he probed this family into why they were doing this for him, he found out that it's their, lo- their deep love of Jesus. And he said that's when he fell in love with Jesus, like through that family. And um, that's when he fell in love with the Lord. And this priest, he said to him afterwards, he said, that's an awesome story, man. That's so beautiful. He said, why aren't you sharing that? Like, Why are you standing up on a box, like screaming at people instead of sharing how you fell in love with the Lord? He's like, that's beautiful. Like people need to hear that. That's going to move people. He's like, you're not being true to the method, man. Um, and I don't know what happened after that conversation with that guy. I don't know if that priest ever really followed up with him, but, but what a concept, like being true to the method, like knowing and understanding how the Lord touched you and then seeking to do the same, you know? Um, I think like I was invited to mass by a buddy of mine and it was, it was a bold invitation. You know, I could have easily rejected him and, you know, and said, I don't care about religion or whatever. Um, but he was humble, he was confident, and he invited me to come with him. You know, it was, a, it was through communion with him that he was seeking to bring me into communion with the Lord. And I think we need to be more inviting. I think we need to put our best foot forward in that sense. Like we need to, we need to look at how the Lord changed our life and we need to share that with others. And the Lord invites. Yeah. And early in John chapter one, he says, come and see that. I think our generation now is we well naturally every human person we don't like to be uh, told what we should do or guilted into something you know like even just the idea that you have to go to Sunday mass that it's like no <laughs> it's like yeah. that makes me not want to do it yeah um, anti-authoritarian almost like yeah and and maybe maybe that could be one of the the graces from this whole experience is this opportunity where it's like I don't have to go to mass. I want to go to mass now. Yeah. The fact that I can't go to mass, it actually wells up this desire in me to to want to go to mass, to want to sit in the church and to want to receive the Eucharist, to want to go to confession without standing outside in the cold. You know, the, I that there's there's something very different versus the should and I have to versus God who invites and 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 I want um, to respond that way. I you know, it makes me think of a a story you talk about, you know, if we're kind of talking about evangelization here and the invitation and into and story do. time, Father Matt. Okay, story I'll tell time. you a story. So <laughs> there's a just a, a beautiful family that I came to encounter through the Newman Center and and I met the young lady. It was at new student orientation. So it's in the summer and all the new freshmen, you know, come and they register for classes and do things and stay overnight in the dorm and and I'm at the table and I try to stay behind the table because Apparently, people are intimidated of the collar when they're freshmen in college. The last person they want to talk to. I don't know. They can't see my collar behind my beard. That's so. true. That. so I'm at the table, and I hear this this mother say, "Here, here, come, honey. Let's. We're going to stop by. Oh, the Catholics are here." 
And I hear the daughter say, Mom, I'm not sure I want to be Catholic anymore. And I think she said it loud enough on purpose for me to hear. And so I look up and I said to her, I said, that's okay. And she kind of just stopped and looked at me like, are you serious? What's like, what? Where's the trick? Where's the trick? And, and I just said, I just want you to know that we're here and you're always welcome. I said, here's a card about what's going on. You're welcome to check it out if you'd like. Well, she ended up making the decision to come to one of the, the Welcome Week events. And when she came, she met, thankfully, she met a focused missionary as well as another freshman. And they exchanged numbers and they were talking, texting. And so then she came back later in the week and then came back again. And she actually made some nice connections herself that I think in the freedom of not having to be there, <laughs> I think she had this desire to actually want to be there. And so she started coming and getting involved. She joined a Bible study and um, she ended up going to the focus conference that year. And she came back and she told her mom and dad who, who were Catholic, you know, and she said, mom and dad, like we, we can have a relationship with Jesus. Like, like God wants a relationship with us. And her parents are like, Oh yes, honey, we know. And she's like, no, like, <laughs> You don't get it. Like, <laughs> we can have a relationship with God. And they're like, yes, we know. She's like, no. She's <laughs> like, I like, I know we know that intellectually, but I experienced that. Yeah. And so she's like, I want you to experience it. And so, uh, and so one thing she did was she had like a book. I think it was probably a book the Newman Center gave out, like a Matthew Kelly book or something. And she's like, I want my dad to read this. So she left it in the bathroom. For, <laughs> she's like, my, my dad will read this. Yep. And, and, <laughs> Put it in the right place. And so... <laughs> A few days later, she looks and the bookmark's moving. She's like, okay, it's working. But she went on, her dad went on to actually have a resurgence in the faith and, and joined a Bible study at his parish. And a little bit later, he unfortunately lost his job. But by this point, he's, his faith was stronger, and he was stopping by the chapel during the week. He ended up start adding and starting to go to a second Bible study, and his faith was stronger than ever. Um, one day, he wasn't feeling well, so he went to the doctor and came home and told his family that... He had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And I remember going to visit him in the hospital uh, pretty quickly thereafter. And he looked at me and he said, Father Matt, I love my wife and my two daughters. But if I can be honest, I can't wait to see Jesus face to face. Yeah. And he went to his death with joy and expectation of meeting the Lord. And, and it was sad for his family, but they had the... Um, intense consolation to know that our father knows Jesus and is going to go be with him and be forever happy in heaven. And that that's what he wants for us. And that there's no greater gift that we want for our family members. And, And it happened because this girl came to know Jesus herself. And then through her, her entire household came to know him in a deeper way. Yeah, She's like the Royal official. She's helped bring her entire household deeper conversion. Yeah, see, I think that that's what it's all about, you know. Um, I think that th- that's what the Lord wants us to do. Like the Lord wants us to evangelize. And the way we evangelize is to just share our encounter with Jesus Christ and through an invitation, you know. Uh, so much is kind of forced upon us today. And I don't know why, I don't know why we do this. We, we, we go to extremes. We either try to shame people or guilt people into going to a relationship with Jesus Christ, which I get it. Yes, there is a hell. I mean, like we know that scripture tells us that. Yes, there's punishment and consequence for our sins. Certainly, I'm not not denying that, but we try to use that scare tactic almost to get people instead of 
that God is love and that he wants to transform our lives and that we can have an encounter with him. Or we go to the other extreme and we just don't talk about Jesus at all. You know, here we are, we have this faith and we don't even bother to talk to anybody about Jesus. You know, imagine if the woman of the well had just been, oh, that was wonderful, Jesus, thank you. And she didn't go back into the town. That entire town would be deprived of an opportunity to come to know the Lord. Or the royal official, he, he came home but didn't tell his family about how his son was healed, you know? I mean, uh, we, we just go to those extremes. We don't say anything at all or we say the wrong thing instead of being true to the method. And maybe it's as simple as, you know, there's going to be, there's a lot of conversations happening now and they'll continue to happen. Like, hey, how's it going with your family at home? Or, hey, what was it like for you guys to be there? That's a chance for us to share our testimony to say, you know, uh, yeah, there are a lot of challenges, but I'm so grateful to God for that time with my family. Or I just, I knew um, it gave us some extra time for prayer and just to be reminded that God is going to take care of us. And so I'm just really grateful for that time. And, and when we speak from that place of relationship and trust and peace, that's something that's missing in most of our culture now. And people want that. Yeah. That it, it could start a conversation. Yeah. Maybe you watched a live stream mass um, and maybe your non-Catholic family member, or your fallen away family member calls and says, how was your Sunday? You say, oh, we got together and we watched a live stream mass. You did? Why'd you do that? Oh, we just love mass, you know, and um, it, it's really hard for us not to be able to receive communion, not to be at church. And so... We were just really excited to be able to watch it and um, to pray as a family, even though we were in our home. Mm-hmm. And, but I think there's a way with that, in addition to the facts, is to share what does it do for you? Well, yeah, absolutely. You don't, yeah. Want, you don't want it to be like, what's God doing for you? But, but it's, it's, I just found Keep, so much yeah, peace, peace yeah. in that. Yeah. And, and I think that communicates to every person. You know, they might be like, oh, you watch math, that's boring. But then when you say, and it brought so much joy to my day. Yeah. That, or it just helped me to feel so connected to so many people in this community and throughout the world. And I just r- was reminded that I'm not alone. Yeah. That those are truths that, that speak to every human heart. Yeah. And then the simple invitation of, yeah, we're going to watch it again next Sunday, you know, and it'll be at this time or whatever. You're welcome to join us. Even if they like reject you, it's okay. Or if they don't say anything, it's okay. You know, success is not defined by what happens in the moment, you know? Well, and, and here's what's crazy is, at the same time, the Lord's working on me. He's working on every person around me. And so, you know, if I, I make that invitation to somebody, like like that invitation that, that your friend made to you, you know, God was working on you. God yeah. was preparing you, and that invitation helped draw it out. So yep. so if you say, hey, you know, hey, you're welcome to tune into this mass or this podcast or whatever, or I'll send you this thing, that they there might be a desire that God is already creating within that person where they're like, you know what? Maybe it's, maybe it's I'm bored. <laughs> maybe it's I'm looking for meaning or I've been really struggling with anxiety through this whole thing and I'm looking for peace. And so if listening to that might help bring me peace, like I'm actually more open than I've ever been for that. Yeah. Amen. Preach, brother. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining us. And uh, we'll just uh, close out in prayer and hopefully we'll uh, connect with you guys tomorrow. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, just continue to light a fire in our hearts. Give us that zeal for the gospel. Lord, just help us to be really attuned to the presence of your Son uh, so that we might experience all the peace, the joy, and the consolation that he wants to give us during this crazy time. Give us strength uh, to always be evangelizers, to always uh, share that beautiful encounter we have with you, with our family and any of those we come in contact with. And 
just um, make us better disciples every day. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Until next time. Peace.